Hare Krishna. Good morning to everybody. Those of you who are in the temple complex, those of you who are listening in from outside, we welcome you this morning. This is our Srimad Bhagavatam discourse that occurs every day here in Dallas, Texas. Shishi Radha Kalatanjidam. This morning we're going to be reading, uh, continuing our reading in the 12th canto, the final canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the first time since I came to the temple here first in 1979 that we have proceeded past the end of the ninth canto and we're now going into the 10th, the 11th, and now finally the 12th canto. This particular chapter is uh, number 8, so it's Canto 12, Chapter 8. This chapter is entitled, Markandeya's Prayers to Naranarayan Rishi. Even though we're going to be focusing on text number 6, I've read ahead as I usually do, to find out what what else is going on. Uh, This particular text does not have a purport, nor do the texts that follow it for quite some ways. Uh, So instead of reading a lot of of text, I'm going to allow others to read those texts in future classes and decide whether there's something something that they wish to observe about the text or the purports, if they run into purport. But we'll just be reading text number six today. Sam, could you, could you hand me a set of cartels from over here, please? We're, we're about to begin with our... Um, our about to begin with our uh, no the uh, little little hand symbols right there there you go very good Dr. Sam is one of our very faithful persons he comes here just about every day to the morning program we're so much appreciating him for that and we even have some guru coolies coming in So we'll begin. What is it? Uh, I kind of see in what time? Eleven something, isn't it? And it ends at eleven something. Okay, thank you very much. Haribo. This morning we're uh, we're we're going to end Ikadashi from seven something until eleven something. So those those of you who uh, are attentive to this this practice of ours, it, ending Ikadashi on at the at the at the prescribed time, uh, that's that's about the time period seven something till eleven something. 
So there's plenty of time this morning for ending Kadahim. Now our invocation to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, asking his blessings on us and asking him to be with us this morning. Jai Gopi Jai <laughs> Anantakoti Vaishnavrindaki Jai, Iskan BBT founder charge Srila Prabhupada ki Jai, Iskan Guru Parampara ki Jai, Sri Rupshi Sanatan Bhattaraganat Chijiva Kopal Bhattadas Raganat Sat Kosami Prabhu ki Jai, Nama charge Srila Haridas Thakur ki Jai, Premji Kahusha Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Karadhara Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Rindaki Jai Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radha Kund Giri Govardhana Ki Jai Shri Vrindavanam Ki Jai Shri Maturadam Ki Jai Shri Mayapunabhadvitam Ki Jai Shri Jagannath Puridam Ki Jai Shri Shri Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Jai Ganga Devi Ki Jai Jamunamai ki jai, Tulsi Devi ki jai, Bhakti Devi ki jai, Samaveda Bhakta Rind ki jai, Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book Prasharam Distribution ki jai, Nitai Gaura Premananda, Hari Hari Bold, all glories to the Asama devotees, Hari Krishna, all glories to the Asama devotees, Hari Krishna, all glories to the Asama devotees, Hari Krishna, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Jai Silgadeh, Srila Prabhupada. Namo Vishnavadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane, Namaste Sarasvati Deva Gaudabhadi Pachanine, Nivishesha Srinabhadi Pashtatadeh Shatarine. 
ഓം നമോ ഭഗവത്തേ വാസുദേവായ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവത്തേ വാസുദേവായ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവത്തേ വാസുദേവായ നാരായണം നമസ്കൃത്യ നരം ചൈവനോത്തമം ദേവീം സരസ്വതിം വ്യാസം തോജായംഭദ്രേഷു നിത്യം ഭഗവത് സേവയ ഭഗവത്യുത്തമ ശ്ലോകേ ഭക്തേവരിഷ്ടീ ഗ്രാന്തരാശ്രീമദ്ഭാഗവതീ Once again we're reading this morning from Canto 12 chapter 8 text number 6 to read word for line to begin with in the sanskrit suta uvacha prasnashtaya mahashayam krita loka brahma paha narayanan katha yatra ഗീതാഖലിമലാപ്രസ്നസ്വയാമഹർഷേയംലോകാത്ര ഗീതാഖലിമലാപഹ യു ചാൻസ് പ്രശ്നസ്വയമഹർഷേയം ഗ്രീറ്റോലോക്രമാപഹ ശ്യു Maharishi O great sage Shonaka I am this Krita made Loka of the entire world Brahma the delusion Apaha which takes away Narayana Katha Discussion of the Supreme Lord Narayan Yatra in which Gita is sung Kali Mala the contamination of the present age of Kali Apaha removing Right on. Very good. Translation by 
uh, the disciples of his divine grace, Eshi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Kijai. Sutta Goswami said, O great sage Shanaka, your very question will help remove everyone's illusion, for it leads to the topics of Lord Narayan, which cleanse away the contamination of this Kali age. There is no purport to go with that translation, so let's read the translation. Repeat it with me, Sam. Sutta Goswami said, Oh, Okay. Oh, great sage Shanaka, your very question will help remove everyone's illusion, for it leads to the topics of Lord Narayan, which cleanse away the contamination of this Kali age. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Salakaya Chakchunun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namah Shri Chaitanya Marovishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupahakadamaya Dadati Swabarantikam Mande Ham Shri Guru Shri Dutta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagratattam Sahagana Raghunattam Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahidam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitam Scha E Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakan Chanagorangi Radhe Vrindavadeshudi Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripasandubhye Vacha Patidhanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Karadhara Shivasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Nama Om Vishnu Badaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale, Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane. So reading the translation once again, Sutta Swami said, O great sage Shonaka, your very question will help remove everyone's illusion, for it leads to the topics of Lord Narayan, which cleanse away the contamination of this Kali age. So we have a conversation going on here between two persons, Sutta Goswami and the great sage Shonaka. And the occasion is a 1,000-year um, uh, celebration, or actually it's a, a preparation for the age of Kali, which has just begun. And so this uh, group of great sages has gathered in the, in the forest of Naimisharanya, and they are headed up by the spokesperson, Shonaka, 
and um, they are asking for this person, Sutta Goswami, to uh, please tell us more about uh, these uh, uh, the um, the answers. Please give us answers to the questions that we have, uh, which eventually lead to topics of Lord Narayan, which cleanse away the contamination of this Kali age. So, in other words, this meeting of the sages uh, is meant to help to counteract the influence of the age of Kali. And we know uh, from what we have studied already that the age that we're in right now We've been in it for about 5,000 years, and it's, it's, uh, it's intended to last the duration of 432,000 years. So we still have about 427,000 years left in this age of Kali. And this is considered the most degraded of the cycle of four ages. And so uh, knowing that this that there's going to be all kinds of difficulties for the living entities who take birth during this time, these great personalities have decided to meet. And what do they do? They're going to just listen. They're going to listen to the words of this person, Sutta Goswami, who is an authorized personality to speak on the Vedas, and in particular to repeat to them the Srimad Bhagavatam, which has been spoken previously, uh, very shortly before, by Shukadev Goswami to King Parikshit. King Parikshit, being the emperor of the world, was cursed by a Brahmin boy uh, to die within seven days. So the king, instead of trying to counteract the curse, he instead took this as the mercy of the Supreme Lord. Because I think he had a pretty good idea of what his next destination was going to be. Instead of being annihilated by his death or the death of his body, he would be going on back to the spiritual world in which he could take part in the loving pastimes of Shishi Ratha and Krishna, which are very beautiful to behold. And so one of the purposes that that Lord Krishna comes to this planet periodically is to show the people of the particular age that he comes in what is what it is like back in the spiritual world. And the reason for that is that so that they, in the midst of their suffering in this material world and their attempt, their vain attempt to find lasting happiness pleasure in this material world, to give them an option, uh, which is Krishna's own abode in the spiritual world, known as Goloka Vrindavan, in which Krishna has many loving pastimes which are very fascinated, fascinating and which can attract the attention of living entities everywhere in the universe. And so these, this group of sages has come together just for the purpose of hearing uh, again the narration of Shukadeva Goswami to King Parikshit so that they can, just as, Lord, as King Parikshit has done, they can gain liberation from this material world and re-enter the loving service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So the, uh, I think that what we will focus on today is learning how to live 
in our present bodies. And so one of the points that is made here is that we benefit from hearing about the pastimes of great souls. And the entire Srimad Bhagavatam from the first canto through the twelfth is about uh, persons who are not only favorable toward Lord Krishna, his disciples, his devotees, uh, but it's also about those persons who are very inimical. Because anybody who has studied literature understands that uh, to to be really uh, interesting, uh, to attract the attention of the listener, there has to be a certain amount of conflict. Because without conflict, if everything is just going along nice and peachy keen and rosy, it's not that much interesting. As a matter of fact, the news broadcasters have a saying that good news is no news. Instead of saying no news is good news, as sometimes you hear, they say good news is no news. Because unless there is conflict, uh, then people will not tend to be interested. But any time that someone is having some difficulties in this world, we find it very interesting to find out how they cope with it and how they overcome the difficulties. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is one of the books like that that uh, involve great personalities and the conflicts that they have and what they do to overcome them. And so this meeting of the great sages in Naimisharanya is intended to overcome all the obstacles to making spiritual advancement in the sage of Kali. So we have to uh, come to understand the ephemeral nature of this material world means that it's, it's almost like a dream. Uh, as a matter of fact, if we look back at our previous, the previous portion of our lives so far, whether it be 5, 10, 20 years uh, that we've been on the planet and we've had experiences, it seems like we cannot remember a great deal of the details unless we're very fortunate, or we could say unfortunate, uh, that we have the ability to remember what is what has been said, what has been done in the past. So these personalities like Shukadeva Goswami and Sutta Goswami, then they have been able to remember uh, verbatim things that have happened in the past and things that have been said in the past. And so that's the reason that Shonaka Rishi or Shonaka uh uh, Goswami, I guess, is is now representing all of the sages that have assembled here at Naimisharanya. And since Lord Balaram has come up and killed the uh, first speaker, which is Romaharshan, uh, uh, because Romaharshan failed to show the proper uh, respect for Lord Balaram when he came uh, to this uh, assembly of sages, uh, therefore, the, his son, Sutta Goswami, sometimes he's called Romaharshan Sutta, he, he has been asked to address this, this uh, congregation uh, of the uh, sages of that time. And so one of, one of the main topics that is presented repeatedly throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam is the, is the temporary nature of the material world. And so... Uh, so it, it is necessary then to uh, learn what is possible for the spirit soul, the jiva soul, uh, in this in his trip through this material world.
And so in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we hear about some of the very, very great personalities who've lived lives that we sometimes try to emulate, but it's practically impossible uh, to to carry on the same kinds of activities. So in this chapter, we're talking about the personality Markandeya, Markandeya Rishi, and and uh, because of his his severe austerities, he he never had any contact with women, and he was he had a he had a great father who was acting as his spiritual master, and so because of the purity of his life. Markandeya Rishi has been able to live for an extremely long period of time. I think it said two days of Lord Brahma. So we're talking about into the millions and billions of years that this personality has been around. And he's seen even the partial destruction of the universe. And he was able to witness the Lord, the Supreme Lord, in the form of a baby lying on a banyan leaf on this ocean. So uh, we feel a bit awestruck about the activities of some jivas. And as we read on through this 8th chapter uh, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the 12th canto, 8th chapter, we're going to hear some amazing things about this great personality, Markandeya. He had lived for so long, and he had performed such austerities that he was extremely powerful. And as we're going to find out, as with the case of, of any jiva souls who, who take their birth in this material world, on this planet, that, uh, that there are demigods who are in the higher planets of this universe who sometimes become quite envious of them. And they try by various means. King Indra, for example, of the, of the heavenly planets, is going to try by various means to overcome the the consciousness of Markandeya Rishi, and he's by by sending beautiful beautiful personalities from the heavenly planets in this material universe, and he's going to try to cause him to give up his austerities, but we're going to find out that he is uh, that Markandeya Rishi is very very powerful himself. And he's, he's performed austerities for so many millions of years that he is not able to be overcome even by the demigod Cupid, who tends to shoot the arrows of lust into the hearts of those persons who are trying to perform austerities in this material world. So we have the tendency to become morose when we encounter insurmountable obstacles. And so, therefore, we need some examples of persons who have been able to overcome obstacles we can't even imagine. Um, and uh, that's the purpose of, well, one of the purposes of the Bhagavatam is to give us enlightenment, to let us know what is possible for the, for the jiva souls, and to know also how it is possible to overcome the, this mind and, and this, these senses that we have in these present bodies that we inhabit. So we realize that there's an impossibility of living as the sage Markandeya lived. 
it, 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 we, we are not able to understand a way in which the jiva can even live alone. What, what to speak of performing all kinds of austerities. So here's a personality who's been living up in the, in the distant mountains where practically nobody comes to, to bother him, to disturb him in his meditation. But how is that possible for us? Not possible. It's not possible that we could do that. And so, uh, how would we possibly survive without the comforts of our modern residences? And yet, these great sages, when they would go into the mountains to live alone and to perform austerities in order to gain liberation from this material, or some have, were actually still had, they had material, um, desires, for example, to perform mystical feats. Uh, but generally speaking, those persons are not able to continue living that kind of lifestyle, and it does not give them liberation at the end of their lives. Or if it does give them liberation, then it's only the temporary liberation of, uh, of nirvana, or liberation into the Brahma-jyoti, the effulgence of the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But because they never develop enough knowledge about the Supreme Person, and they never gain the desire to serve Him, knowing that, uh, as they apparently do not, that service to the Supreme Lord can bring about the fulfillment of all desires that the living entity has. And so as a result of that, we, we, we simply, uh, cannot do anything but, uh, witness what's going on around us and get, get, uh, led around by our five senses and by these, uh, these minds that never stop harassing us, uh, telling us what we need to do to find pleasure in this material world. So we simply witness the destruction of a universe and we become, um, uh, let's see, what, what do we say? Un, unattracted to the comforts and unfearful of destruction in this world. If, if we gain enough a realization and enough advancement in spiritual knowledge, spiritual life, then we can, we can at least approach the type of spiritual elevation that some of these great sages have obtained. But even with all of the elevation that they have, all the powers, the mystical powers that they have, the ability to overcome their mind and their senses, sometimes they still fall down uh, to the desires of the, of the body and desires of the mind. So we get to the point then of understanding our great fortune in meeting a person like Srila Prabhupada. Because we, if we were to attempt to uh, read through this Srimad Bhagavatam without any of the purports or explanations of the texts that Srila Prabhupada has given us, we would find it very, very difficult to make it through and to understand what it was we were supposed to be doing. And there's a very good chance that simply by reading it without the help of a, of a, of a, a more advanced personality like Srila Prabhupada, that we could never be able to come to the conclusion that's intended for us. And that is that we're, we are to, supposed to give up all desires for material pleasures and simply desire the, the service of the Supreme Lord. Well, in this world, service is not a particular 
pleasant thing for us. Because generally when we serve other people, uh, quite often we, we find that there is no real appreciation for our service. And so uh, we, we get the feeling that uh, we're just being lorded over by others. But Srila Prabhupada has introduced personalities and activities such as we've never heard of before in the literatures that he has brought with him to this country. He takes away the hopelessness of, of our ever becoming a great mystic, which some of us, you know, toyed around with. We played around with this idea of gaining mystical powers when we were looking for some way to get uh, some relief from the suffering and from the boredom of this material world that we find ourselves in. So he gives us a means of making uh, advancement in our own homes, wherever we happen to be living right now, whether it's an apartment or just we have a room in someone's home, maybe that we're still in the home of our parents. But even even in such a situation, Srila Prabhupada has, has made this literature so available to us that simply by reading the Bhagavatam, reading Bhagavad Gita, reading Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, just by reading those books, that activity alone can lead us to the point of gaining some love for the Supreme Lord. And that is going to be required for us to be able to get out of this material world. So he's shown by his example how one can please the Supreme Lord. Uh, he's he, by by simply by simply performing the acts that Srila Prabhupada described for his early disciples. They have they were able to get a glimpse of what it was that Srila Prabhupada was seeing on a regular basis, and that is the loving pastimes which are carried on in the spiritual world. And without gaining some attraction to what goes on in the spiritual world, the chances of us getting out of this material world are very small. In other words, Krishna never forces anyone to leave this material world against their wishes. And so what, what keeps us here? Well, we, when we come into this material world and we gain these material bodies that we have, then the tendency is to become very much attached, uh, not only to the activities of this body, but also to the activities of all of those around us. And so we think that this is a very fascinating place to be. And so therefore, at the end of our lifetimes, quite often people just want to come back and uh, actually they don't want to leave their families. They don't want to leave the action, the activities that they have pursued for their entire lifetimes. And so because they have this attraction to the actions and the personalities in this material world, therefore Krishna gives them an opportunity to come back into this world to take another body, sometimes in, in, the, in, the, in the families that they have left before. Samuel, please sit down. To take, take uh, act, part in the activities of the families that they were in previously. And, and to, uh, in other words, to live another, yet another lifetime in this material world. But the problem in this, in this age of Kali is that there are so many sinful activities that persons are involved in from the types of foods that they eat, from the, ty- from the way they use their bodies and their senses to find enjoyment, that, that inevitably 
they're going to come back into the form of lower living entities. In other words, the animals. Because they are performing activities and they have the same desires that the animals have. And what separates us in, in the human form of life from those living entities which in the animal form of life is our ability to ask questions about what's this all about. And so once we get to the point of asking questions such as we've mentioned many times before, where did I come from? Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my destination after I leave this place? Why do I have to die? Until we get to the point of asking those questions then, we're acting pretty much on the same level as the animals. We're looking for a, a comfortable place to, to lie down and to rest, a place that is, is free from danger. Uh, we, we're looking for something to eat. We're looking for someone to share our lives with us, a, a mate of some kind. And, and so all of these activities, they, the, the animals themselves are looking for. But when we come to the human form of life, then we're able to ask the questions which really distinguish us from the animals. Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Those are really, really important questions to ask. And so the entire literature that we're reading now, the Srimad Bhagavatam, which, which is a multi-volume literature with many thousands of verses of Sanskrit, uh, with us, we learn what it is then we're supposed to be doing. So we tend to perform all of our activities with a different aim when we come into contact with someone like Srila Prabhupada who can actually direct us as to what we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime. So we're uh, speaking about, even about mundane topics. It, when, when, we, when we start hanging out with the devotees, even the activity of talking changes. Because uh, everything that we do eventually is going to get around to topics about the Supreme Lord, Krishna. Why is that? Because they're more interesting than anything that we encounter now. And so this world tends to be very, very dull and boring to a person who has been in it for a while. And a person who has to get up and go to the same job every day, talk with the same people about the same kinds of things that are going on in their lives... Very, very mundane. There's nothing that is uplifting about most of it. Sometimes, occasionally, you'll find a person who has some inkling of what is available to us, the spirit soul, beyond these bodies and this material world. But to find a person like that is pretty rare. So uh, one one of the actions that we change is the way we talk, what we talk about. Another is taking the foodstuffs. Uh, uh, that we, we take every day. We have to have them to maintain our bodies. But what is different between the foodstuffs that we took before we became devotees and after we became devotees? Just like Krishna says in, in Bhagavad Gita regarding foodstuffs, Jagyashishtashina shanto muchante sarva kilbichai bhujante te takam papa ye pachantyat bakaranan. He says that uh, devotees are released from all kinds of sins because they offer food, which is uh, they accept food which is offered first in sacrifice. Others who prepare food only for personal sense gratification eat verily they eat only sin. So what we what we talk about, the kinds of foods we eat, and then there is the type of work that we do. 
So even though most of us are engaged in working at a, at a fairly mundane job, because that's just what's available to us, and we have to do it in order to be able to support ourselves. So if we use that to maintain ourselves and our family, and in addition to perform some service for our spiritual master, then we're, we're very fortunate that we have found a way to engage even the work that we do, which takes up a goodly portion of our entire lives. And we, we learn to use that in the service of the Supreme Lord. And only in that service to the Lord, then, are we going to find any satisfaction because he is the source of all that satisfaction. And he is the source of all kinds of pastimes which are extremely interesting to us. Anybody who has read just a little bit of the Krishna book, which is a condensation by Srila Prabhupada of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, find out that when Krishna comes into this world, even his coming is unordinary. He doesn't take an ordinary birth as we do. He doesn't have to accept a material body as we do. And even though his representatives do come into this world, they take a material body still by dint of the fact that they're servants of the Lord, Everything that they do, everything that they touch becomes spiritualized. And so that's one of, that's what we hope to accomplish. And then once we gain the knowledge of what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be living our lives, uh, then, uh, the next thing is to feel great compassion for other people who are suffering miserably. And, and you don't have to listen to very much news on the radio or television nowadays or on the Internet nowadays uh, to be able to see that persons in other parts of the world are suffering so much more than we are. Even though we think our lives are miserable and boring and dull, still uh, we have a very, uh, if, we're, if we're fortunate in this country, and most of us are, we have a place to come to to take rest, we have a plate. We have food to eat. We don't have to worry about so much about finding food. Of course, now we understand that there are persons even living in this country, and what's really regrettable is that even children sometimes have to go for uh, for a full day without a meal, and they just they have very little to eat. And so uh, our society is coming to recognize that and helping to provide through school programs. Uh, an opportunity for a child to come and have breakfast in the morning before they go to classes. And that's, that's so regrettable. It's so, to me, it's heartbreaking that a child gets up in the morning hungry. He goes to bed hungry. He gets up hungry. And if it, without special probe, Sam, please sit down until class is finished. Until, until they, uh, unless they get the opportunity to go to school and get something to eat, they may they may go until lunchtime, and some students may not even have something to bring to school for their lunch. So this is one way that, that the society is serving other people. But the highest form of service is not only taking care of physical needs like that, food to eat, clothes to wear, place to sleep, but also to provide people an understanding of why they've come into this world, why they're having to suffer, why they see other people around them suffering, uh, to learn why it is that, uh, uh, you know, their mothers and fathers are having some difficulties. Um, so it, if we can give people that, that kind of knowledge, then it helps them to overcome some problems that can become great psychological obstacles in their lives. What to speak of physical obstacles, obstacles. There are 
psychological obstacles that that come from one's early childhood when one is not properly taken care of by parents or grandparents. And so we try our best to give this knowledge to other people, uh, and and that's the reason we go out uh, to help distribute books occasionally, those of us who are still capable of doing that. And we have some younger members of our, our, our extended community now all over the Metroplex who are going out on, a, on, a, on the weekends, maybe for two hours, three hours, four hours, and uh, setting, standing, uh, setting up a table at, at, a, at a place of business where a lot of people come, like a, a food store. And, and then they're, they're, offering their, uh, they're offering the opportunity to people to come and ask questions uh, that, are, that they have no other source of answers from. Um, so that, that's the very unfortunate part about living in this society. Even though we have a great deal of opulence in this Western society that we're in, uh, many of us do, uh, still we don't all have access to someone who can tell us the reason that we're having to come and suffer and the reason that we're having to die. And we don't want to do those things. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to die. Because we know that our true nature, when we're in our true spiritual form, that the soul is eternal, means it had no beginning, it has no end. It's, it's full of bliss. That means happiness, and when we come into this material world, we're looking for happiness, just as we had in the the spiritual world. But quite often it's hard to find. And then the third quality is uh, uh, eternal bliss and knowledge. We have full knowledge in our original state as spirit souls as to what the spiritual world is about and what the material world is about. And once we gain, once we regain our knowledge of the spiritual world and realize that this material world is a very temporary place to be, which is full of misery, but only occasionally has little glimpses of pleasure, until we get to that point, then it's very hard for us to extricate ourselves from this material world and go back to the place that we've come from. The spiritual world. So we, we glorify the, uh, Srila Prabhupada for having brought us this literature. And then we see that the great personalities who are list, who are, who are talked about in these pages then, they help us to understand what is possible for us and what is our ultimate goal in life. What, what are, what are they searching for when they come into this world? And what should we be searching for? So without this knowledge, it is very difficult to get freed from this material world that we find ourselves in. So there's no happiness. Until we find freedom and peace of mind, then there's no possibility of continual happiness. So uh, we offer our great respects, our great appreciation, our praise for personalities who uh, have given up a considerable portion of their lives in this material world simply to come and give us knowledge. And one of the best ways that we can pay that forward is by doing the same thing to ourselves, try to give the knowledge to whomever we come into contact with, especially those persons who are suffering uh, so much. So we're going to end now and ask if anyone has any uh Questions that have come to mind, or maybe some uh, topics that you would like to explore. It's now 8.30, so if anybody needs to go, please feel free to do so. 
Is there anything that uh, has come to mind that you would like to ask about or give an example of? All right, we're going to end now. And thank you, everyone, for coming and joining us, uh, whether you're doing so by electronic means or whether you're actually here in the temple complex. And we we offer our obeisances to you because you're just like desire trees. You fulfill the desires of everyone, and you're full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vantikalpa terubis cha kripas sindhubi cha patitanam bhavanibyo vaishnavibyo namo nama anantakoti vaishnavindakijai. Shila Prabhupada Gijai, Shimud Bhagavatam Gijai, Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam Gijai, Nitai Gauda Pramananda, Hari Hari Bo. Have a good day, everyone. Hari Krishna.